All right, welcome back, analysis listeners. I wanted to do a quick little audio journal here on just some of my thoughts on Ghostbusters, and really this is more of a chance for me to play around with the new microphone. Realized when me and Hayes hit record last time, I didn't fully understand how to use it, so hopefully this round goes a little better, but wanted to get some thoughts out here quickly on the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie that has hit to stream. This is where I thought I would find the movie. I I didn't think I'd run out to go see it. I don't have a lot of incredible nostalgia on the Ghostbusters franchise, and I had very, very mixed feelings about the 2016 reboot with Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig, etc. And just, I think that when I was a kid, I remember playing with proton traps and the Ghostbusters packs. I remember dressing up and and pretending to be Ghostbusters with friends, but I I don't have a a deep connection to the actual material. Watch the movies, of course, but it's it's not one of those franchises that that I love. I think most big-time Ghostbusters fans are probably north of my age. They're probably in their mid-40s, and I'm in my mid-30s. So... With that, this one was directed by Jason Reitman, who's a director I really like, actually. A lot of times he doesn't do big blockbusters like this. His dad, Ivan Reitman, did more of the big blockbusters. He's kind of this small indie serial comedy or dramedy type of a guy, and those are more of my type of movies, actually. So he did, like, Juno and Up in the Air, and, and a movie I really liked called Men, Women, and Children. People really didn't find it as much as as I thought they might, but I really actually like that movie. But anyway, I think he did a really nice job doing the blockbuster here, and I think one of the the things I liked about this movie was how well-directed it was. I thought it looked really slick. I thought it had that kind of 80s horror film vibe, and obviously it has Finn Wolfhard in here, so he, he... is reincarnating that type of feel through Stranger Things, and, and he brings it here. And, and so I, I thought those elements were were nice. Obviously, it has a lot of sentimentality around Harold Ramis. I thought bringing him in and this ghost-slash-grandfather figure, I think that played pretty nice. I liked the use of Carrie Coon. She's a, a Chicago actress. I've seen her on stage multiple times, most recently in a, in a really nice play, uh, a revival of Bug, written by her husband, Tracy Letts, who happens to be in this movie. He's the warehouse guy. He's the warehouse dude that she, she has a casual conversation with. But So Carrie Coon, Tracy Letts, I, I, I enjoyed some of those things. Really like Paul Rudd. If you don't like Paul Rudd by now, you suck. Uh, I actually wish we kind of had more of him. When he went into the Keymaster uh, piece, uh, I, I was like, oh man, I wish we kind of had him in the back half trying to solve some of these problems that these characters are going through to try to save the world. So pretty cool there. Um, you've got uh, you got J.K. Simmons for, for some reason here, just very briefly, just to get ripped in half, but that, that was kind of fun. And finally, call me a sucker for member berries, but I loved seeing Vankman, Bill Murray, in the suit. I think he's not aging well. I think <laughs> he's got a lot of city years on that face, but I, I, I did I did enjoy seeing Bill Murray do the bed in, in the at post-credit uh, card scene with Sigourney Weaver as well. So those, those are some things I like.
there were there were some things. I, I think the movie was nice. I would give it like a C plus if I w- if I was grading it as a elementary school teacher. But I think there were some elements here where you have to be very giving with your sense of <laughs> reality or, or realism here. And I know it's a movie. I know it's a movie about ghosts and it's a blockbuster movie. But just little things when they challenge the intelligence of the audience uh, frustrate me. So the, the first one that I kind of got annoyed with was just how do these kids in this world, assuming that the 80s ghost invasions actually happen in the, in the Ghostbusters, the Bill Murray and the Vankmans and, and all of these people were actually real people. How do these kids not have a reference level to it? Like, why is Paul Rudd explaining to them who the Ghostbusters are? Especially, there was a world where Manhattan almost exploded with ghosts. Kids would have learned about it through the zeitgeist or through the grapevine at some point in their life. So the fact that this little girl has no reference level to what Ghostbusters is really frustrated me. I also did not like how accessible the mine was. Like, these kids are just rolling up and down on this incredibly dangerous mine shaft. They, like, know how to operate it very well. It's just like, this is a freaking mine. This isn't, like, boarded up. There's no, like, fenced security. You can just have unfettered access to this mine, which you can hang out in at all times. And there's, like, no sense of security or supervision. I was just like, what? what is happening here? That really frustrated me. Uh, I think that the little race car trap that follows around this car moving at high speeds, that these are just the little things that, that get in the way of, of, of my brain and enjoying the movie because you really have to suspend your disbelief in order for any of these to actually work within a plot. And and, and that's that, I guess that's the, the plight of me as a film viewer is is I'm constantly just tracking these stupid decisions that are made and it takes me out of this otherwise really cool chase sequence. Like there's multiple chase sequences with that Ghostbusters car which are badass and I, and I'm very much enjoying and then they cut to this little race car that's just a couple feet in tow of our Ghostbusters car and I'm like, "Really? That that's that, that doesn't make any sense. That thing can't run at 85 90 miles an hour. This is absurd." One last thing is the little girl this this is something i caught that that just raised a red flag to me she gets asked by podcast early and i I think the girl who plays the granddaughter is 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 very well cast i think she does a really nice job in this movie and she is the emotional core in a lot of different ways and for a franchise that's geared towards probably a lot of people in their mid-40s having this kind of smart whip kid that can talk high-level science to a 50-year-old all the time, Paul Rudd, like, that that could probably be pretty annoying, but I actually think it, it plays very nicely. I think the actress does a really nice job here, basically being a child genius. But she gets asked early if she believes in ghosts or if she believes in spirits, and she says, no, I think we're all meat puppets. But almost a scene before, her chessboard gets tipped over, and... She sets up all the chess pieces and she notices that a pawn has been moved out and she you could see that she starts to think she might be playing chess with a ghost. But yet the next scene she says, I don't believe in spirits, I don't believe in ghosts. And and I know she could be masking that belief or I know she could be 
trying to hide certain parts of her personality, but this is clearly a kid podcast that's into ghosts and spirits. Like, why wouldn't you just be transparent there? She's transparent in every other way in the movie. I just didn't get why we have this element of, I don't believe in ghosts. Okay, now I do. Like, it's just like, she can believe in ghosts. That's fine. That that character arc didn't make a ton of sense to me. Also, while we're on the topic of podcast, it seems that these reboot movies are trying to shoehorn in podcast elements which makes me as as a busted ass podcaster it makes me laugh so you had the kong versus godzilla there was this whole podcast guy that was supposed to be the comedic relief and that didn't necessarily play in this one you've got this kid who's a podcast kid it's a little nicer I, i i didn't mind it as much but just podcasts it's 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 the new hotness in terms of character interests and in through lines and in reboot movies so Something something I clocked there, but overall, nostalgia movie, not necessarily going to be something that I think of more than 20 minutes after I watch the movie. If you're a big fan, you probably liked it. If you're somebody who is, is for sentimentality, the, the ghost fading up to the stars and the four herald, I'm sure that was something that was really nice to you, and, and, and just all of the different ways that they called back very specific elements like Slimer and like the Stay Puffed guy and like the ghost and, and, and shit almost beat for beat. The villains are the gatekeeper, the keymaster, and Zool. Like, they, it's we're, we're basically dusting off the 1980s script. So, if you're into that and you're in, into watching the same type of a movie twice, I'm sure you really loved it. Overall, you got my you got my score. It's about a C plus. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for hearing me out on my microphone experiment here don't forget to wash your hands stay safe we'll see you down the road something strange in your neighborhood who you gonna call something weird